I'm uh, old now. I'm 53. I don't think I'm old, but that's old. And I know a lot of people who are broke. And I, I see that wear on them. And I hate to just obsess about money, but it's, uh, it's necessary. Listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm AJ Meyer. And I'm Trevor Algott. And coming up today in episode 311, part two with Chip Chinnery. You guys remember him from last episode. He's an actor, he's a stand up comedian, and he runs a very, a really great uh, money blog for artists called Chip's Money Tips. And then today, uh, and in today's segment, I should say, we dig into how Chip plays his financial game, specifically how he hacks the system to capitalize on credit card rewards, earning himself free travel, sign-up bonuses, and a ton of options along the way. Remember, when it comes to credit card hacking, it's only hard if you don't know how. And today, you're going to learn how. So that and more coming up in episode 311. Stay with us. Support for this episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by Rehearsal Pro, the current version of Rehearsal, the essential app for actors, and it's available in the iOS app store. So if you want to learn your lines, be off book for your auditions, explore your character, make stronger choices, and do a whole bunch more, go to rehearsal.pro slash IAP right now to learn about all the cool, cool new features in this newest version of Rehearsal, the groundbreaking app designed by actors for actors. That's rehearsal.pro slash IAP. Happy birthday. Oh, God. To- yeah, that's right. You get it back. <laughs> Paybacks. <so. laughs> I get to sing it to you this time, man. It, is, uh, it was your birthday yesterday as of this recording. You know what's funny is you're, you started singing happy birthday, but what was stuck in my head was come original by 311 since this is episode 311 <laughs> i thought that too man i was like 311 which you're like which... it's episode 311 stick around and i was like come original you got to come original i'll entertain us come original and it was like the 90s up in this business i had the same thought like which song do i pull from the 90s to play in my mind for the next 20 minutes <laughs> So, dude, uh, uh, I uh, very sadly I couldn't join you last night for your celebratory celebratory hockey win. But you played a hockey game last night with your team, and you guys won. Yeah, we we our games are Monday nights, and my birthday just happened to fall on a Monday, so um, that was cool. Like I, I love playing and I love hockey, and <clears throat> it meant it made for a uh, a fantastic. Uh, little birthday event and uh, we won we won our game uh, by the skin <laughs> of our teeth we won by one goal I so, love the way you said you just like I, I, it's weird I don't know what happened we won well yeah because we just we yeah we're not yeah I, I wrote I, I told you before we started recording I wrote in the Facebook invitation um, very small just like a handful of people that I invited uh, 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 come see my terrible team get beat by a slightly less terrible team because <laughs> We're just, you know, it's beer league, man. It's four and four beer league. We're, you know, we're not great, but we, yeah, we played, we played well last night. Thank God. And finally got that W. So 
that was that. That's cool. I wish I'd, I'd been there. I've never seen you play hockey, and I know that you are super passionate about it. At this point, you've got all the gear, and you've got some skills, skills with a Z on the ice. With a Z. Uh, how, like, what kind of time commitment, commitment is this? Oh, very low at this point. Like, I mean, I basically just play that game once a week. So wow. a couple hours, you know, a couple hours a week. Though I wish, of course, there were there was time and money to um, to do it more often. Um, it's just it's just fun. Like I enjoy it, and you know, it didn't get any easier. Of course, making even the time uh, that I make for it now after I you know got promoted to my full time position, which. Yesterday was also um, <clears throat> coincidentally the the one year anniversary of as well because I started on my birthday uh, last year. Wow! Yeah. So on the outline here it says you had a quote unquote behind the table uh, experience in a commercial casting session. What's going on here? Yeah. So I had an, a commercial audition last week and I happened to run into a mutual friend of ours, Trevor, whose name I'm not going to mention because I don't know if he'll get in trouble necessarily for, for doing this. But um, we ran into each other before he went in and he runs um, sessions at uh, any L.A. actor is pretty familiar with 200 South La Brea, which is where yeah. all the commercial you know casting happens. And um, <clears throat> and uh, he was running a session, but it wasn't my session. So, um, he texted me like literally while I was in my audition. Um, so that when I got out of my audition, I saw the text message and he was, Hey, if you're still around, you know, come in, I'll, I'll bring you into the room so you can hang out with me while I do what I do. Cause this is what he d does for a living. So I was like, uh, okay, I'm not going to pass up on that opportunity to like, you know, get to experience, you know, cause it's a great, um, experience for an actor to be able to see things from that side of, you know, from that side of the table, so to speak. So I was like, yeah, of course. So he brought me in, uh, when he did the group explanation for all of the gentlemen who were auditioning for this, uh, this commercial. And then he sent them out and I got to sit there and basically watch that group's audition. And they were doing, it was like a talking head video for some Canadian appliance company or something like that. And there are so many awesome stories and, 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 and learning sort of bullet points that I would, I just wanted to share with our listeners. Um, and the, the one story that I just want to get out of the way is I got to watch Robert Pine audition. Wow. Uh, which was just unbelievable. And he walks out of the room and I turned to our friend and I said, I said, do you know who that was? And he was like, oh, no, should, should I have? I was like, dude, that was Robert Pine. And he was like, who? And I was like, well, he's a, you know, a pretty well-known actor in his own right, but it's Chris Pine's father, which is probably what he's now. I don't know if he's more known for that than being an actor in his own right. But you know, our generation doesn't necessarily remember him, but obviously knows you know, who the hell his son is. So anyway, that was awesome. Um, and then just like watching everybody's process and you could tell right away who was good, who was going to get a callback or who you would cast out of that particular group. And that is just such invaluable information, regardless of the demographic, because these were obviously older gentlemen. But regardless of the demographic, it doesn't matter. It's 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 a really fascinating thing to see right away who's got it and who doesn't. Mm. And even at 60, 65, 70 years old, 
Actors are freaking head cases. We are out of our freaking minds. So insecure, so like childlike in that moment because of the amount of vulnerability that it takes. And the people who you would have cast, were you there you know, in, in my shoes and his shoes and the casting director's shoes and the producer's shoes, or I guess the client in the case of a, a commercial casting, the people who you would have cast were the ones who just came in, did their job, super professional, really confident, knew how to read English because I can't tell you how many times I heard cultery instead of cutlery. Um, wow. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And, and I'm not saying this to discourage people, to make fun of people or whatever, but there is such a huge distinction between an actor who comes in confident and with poise and with professionalism compared to someone who does not. Hmm. And, and if, if all you do is that, you are going to beat out a good 75% of the people out there. Just that. Never mind your talent. Never mind, you know, that you match exactly what they're looking for because that you can't control anyway. It was, it was just, it was such an awesome, uh, experience. And, and, you know, of course there's all these little technical things of how he runs the computer and stuff like that, but that's less useful unless you're going to go into that work. Um, so I, I couldn't not talk about it as soon as I left there. Um, I called Jasmine and I was like, I, I can't wait to talk about this on the podcast. Like it was such a cool experience. If you could, uh, nail down some sort of concrete, if this is possible, uh, concrete replicable actions that people could, uh, people listening could sort of replicate, uh, on their own. Uh, when you, when you say they walk in with confidence and poise and professionalism, what would those be? Is it, is that even possible to say, Hey, this is what they did. And this is what you can do today on your, your audition. Well, uh, I mean, I could say, you know, well, you know, they, they, they read off the card, which, you know, our friend told them that they could do the session runner told them that they could read off the, off the, um, read off the card, which is where all the, you know, the words are written, which happens a lot in commercial casting. And some people were trying to prove that they had memorized it, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 you're, and I'm sorry to cut you up and in, in your experience that did not reflect well. It, it, it was, it was affecting their performance. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So they were, they were sacrificing performance for, uh, memorization and you don't get, you know, it's commercials. You don't get the copy until you get there. Right. Um, my, by the, by the way, my audition that day was like a, literally a head nod, like a sup. <laughs> that was my entire audition. I came in, oh, I did, I did, did an interview because you don't get to know anyone if that's all you do. And I sat on a chair next to another guy and this, and we're supposed to see somebody walk by the, you know, behind the camera and go sup, except without the sup. <laughs> no, <way>. so <laughs> freaking commercials, I, man. I know, I know. Uh, and I took off half a day of work for this. Uh, yeah. and you don't know until you get there, you just don't know. So it could be a great thing that fits you. And then it could be a payday that like is worth, you know, uh, half or all of your yearly salary, or it could be that, um, <laughs> So, so, you know, I could talk about that kind of thing, like the technical stuff, but the, the issue with that is it's very specific to that particular 
audition. And there were some other things that are probably, you know, useful, but they're specific to that audition or that type of audition because commercials are, you know, this whole other ball game. What I want to say that I think is more applicable to all of acting is it was such a great reminder and indicator of how important it is to get your personal uh, shit in in gear, in line. Uh, In other words, handle your stuff, whether it's through therapy or meditation or, you know, workshops or, you know, whatever self-help books, uh, seminars, whatever it is, handle your stuff. Because you could tell the people who were, I mean, there was a, there was this one guy, there were a couple of guys actually who came in, were flubbing their lines, were apologizing left and right as if they were being chastised like a child. And I'm like, that's not them. That's something that happened to them when they were a kid that they have never dealt with. And now they're 65 in an audition dealing in front of a camera and a casting professional handle your stuff, your personal stuff, handle it. You have, we all have wounds, open wounds that are, that many people leave un, uh, addressed and bury them under stuff, whether it's drugs or food or escapism or sex or whatever. Um, we all have them. And have them to varying degrees. And you might be sitting there listening to this going, oh, that's not me. And that's great if you think that. And I hope that if you're right, it's actually reflecting your results. That's that's my hope for, for you. If you're like, oh, that's not me. I've handled my stuff. Great. I hope you're getting callbacks. Wow. You know? Um, but that was a, that was an incredible thing to witness. Because at the, at the end, they all walked out and he turned to me, you know, after that group, before he brought in the next group explanation, he said, what did you think? What did you learn? Whatever. And the first words out of, out of my mouth were, dude, actors are such head cases. I can't believe, I can't, I can't believe what I just saw. Uh, and it, and it, and it makes me realize, you know, we've talked about on the pod, on the podcast before how, you know, people like casting directors and producers and directors and, and agents and managers, their context is typically one of defense when they're approached by an actor. And this is why is because the non wactor actors out there are outnumbered. We're outnumbered, I think, or at least it's 50, 50. And so they're used to their context is they're used to being approached by the person who sends them an email with no context saying, please consider me with like 200 pictures attached, (laughs) which I was actually witness to. Um, Casting director, friend of mine, uh, actually received an email like that. So they're sort of used to that. They're used to like the crazy (laughs) whacker and, um, and they're, and they're, they're out there at every, at every level. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm bearing witness to that right now. And so that's why I'm saying, like, I think it's important that we handle our stuff. 
Wow. I don't even know how to like follow that up. That's huge. <laughs> and I, I think what's amazing too, is that that stuck out to you so obviously. After just a few actors, you yeah. could tell, you could tell who had handled their stuff and who hadn't. Wow. I mean, I mean, it was unbelievable. The distinction there was, there was, there was almost no middle ground. Trev, I'll say that like there was, there was hardly anybody who was like in the middle. <laughs> wow. And you don't the funny thing is you don't even do this. It's not like you see this every day. You just saw this after a few actors on like your first time uh-huh. behind the table. And it was yeah. immediately obvious. I think that also speaks. That's a testament, I think, to your level of awareness. But I can only imagine that even if you hadn't done any of your, your own, you know, personal work being subjected to this, uh, energy from actors over and over again, you would eventually pick up that kind of thing. Mm. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So there's really was probably like eight, eight, eight guys. Nice audition. So there's no shortcut here. There's no way around this. There's no way to hack the system when, when it comes to handling your stuff, you have to get your hands dirty and deal with your own personal, uh, issues, which, which as you very, very rightly said, we all have, we've all, um, had uh wounds you know that we've been carrying from childhood and and in my experience has been uh both with myself but also many other people is that uh many of those wounds just frankly never heal you just learn to live with them and they evolve with you but you learn and uh you learn to adapt to the different insidious ways that they try to assert control over your life and keep you locked in a box and and uh defeating yourself so it, it is about awareness, but, uh, there's, there's no way to sort of like fake it as it were. Mm. You just gotta, you gotta yeah. get in there and, and, and do the work and it's going to take a lot of time and it's going to feel like there's more important techniques I should be learning. I should be getting new headshots. I should be doing a and B and C and those are important. But as you're saying, not nearly as important as becoming the best human you can be. And a lot of that has to do with going into the, the painful things from, from the past and making friends with them. Yeah. Well, and I know that there are people out there pretty successful, especially actors. We can, we can kind of make a, a living out of not doing the, that kind of work, not doing the work and then being like, you know, sort of like this messy, you know, whatever actor. And unfortunately or fortunately, whatever, because some of those people are brilliant. We do have actors out there who are, um, just so damaged, but they're still willing to kind of put themselves out there. They're still willing to be really vulnerable and they just kind of are themselves. Um, and, and that, I would say that is sort of the, the key to that kind of person. And it probably upsets people sometimes, like, especially other actors to be like, man, that per- like, that person is so loose and messy and, and, and damaged and they're working all the time and it's like amazing to, to, to watch. And I think if there was any pang of jealousy there, it's probably because you're like, God damn it. They're getting away with it without doing the work <laughs> because they're, and, but the, but the trick there, I think if you can call it a trick, uh, I don't really, I don't really think it's a trick, but the, 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 the thing that they're able to accomplish is they're just themselves they are, they are unapologetically themselves. And, and that's how that works. That's how that sort of gets by, if you will. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So I, I just, at the very least in 
commercial casting in in most rooms, in most meetings. You know, there's a, there's a comfort, there's a there's a presentation of professionalism, and I don't mean presentation as in you're putting something on. It's just, you know, being unapologetic about who you are. I think is the the summary, the summation. Mm-hmm. And that's so rare and so powerful when you meet somebody like that. They just take control of the room, uh, oftentimes for better or worse, <laughs> but they take control of the room because it's it's rare that you meet somebody who doesn't have a, a at least a hint of people pleasing, a hint of caring what you think about them. And I don't think that's a bad thing, to, to be completely honest. I, I think that it, it's important that you care what people think about you to at least a, you know, a survival uh, degree. But, uh, but when you get people that just could not care less, that, that the power that that exudes, again, for better or worse, uh, is, is hypnotic, I find. And it sounds like that really comes through uh, in auditions, especially commercial auditions where you have so little to, you know, quote unquote, work with. Yeah. And so little time. Yeah. 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 Wow. You know, I, I had the opportunity a few years ago to do the same thing with the same friend that you're talking about. Um, but it was a lot of kids that came into the room and, uh, I didn't get the same experience that, that you had obviously with, uh, you know, people who were a little bit more advanced in years, but it was trippy to see how the kids really, they thought I was this like big shot. who was going to give them a job. And so they were really, uh, sucking up to me. Uh-huh. In, in the in the in in the sweetest like most charming but awkward uncomfortable way you know i was just like dude i'm just pressing the button over here like don't you don't have to worry about pleasing me that's funny uh, yeah it was it was eye-opening uh on a level for sure well that's a lot to to sort of uh you know chew on uh when mm, it comes mm-hmm. to to what this this journey as an actor is all about and what people see during the 90% of the job that is not so glamorous, which is the hustle. And the hustle is often auditioning with stuff that you get five minutes before you're on camera. Yeah. All right. So the highest leverage thing people could do is handle their stuff. Handle your stuff. All right. There it is. It sounds so uh, condescending. (laughs) Well, I, you know, there's, there is no way, the only way through is through. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And there's no other way to put it really. Yeah. Amen to that. Wow. Okay. Um, so I just love that you had that experience and, and shared that on the podcast. It's one of those things where it's like, Oh, okay, we're done. We're done with the podcast. There's nothing more to say, you know? Yeah. It did, <laughs> it did sort of feel that way after I left. That's why I called Jasmine right away. I was like, I cannot wait to talk about this. Yeah. on the podcast wow. so cool well thank you for sharing that that's that is huge and now i'm going to be thinking about it all day <laughs> support for this episode of inside acting is also brought to you in part by vo2gogo.com the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of backstages reader's choice award for best voiceover training four years in a row you can check this out too. Visit vo2gogo.com slash start and get access to a free getting started in voiceover online class that'll help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio and skill set. That's vo, the number two, gogo.com slash start. 
And without further ado, we have part two with Mr. Chip Chinnery. Anything you want to preface before we roll into this, AJ? No, sir. Okay, guys. So this is a really fun interview, and I, I, I think a big part of handling your stuff is uh, handling your financial stuff. Uh, oh, amen. Man. We will tie it in, bro. Nice segue. <laughs> Thanks very much. I was thinking about that. I was like, podcast applause over here. Yeah, that, that's a huge part of it. I mean, I noticed uh, you know, in my own life that if, if my financial house is not in order, my whole life just feels like a mess. It just feels like I'm steering a, a, a train that's fallen off the tracks, and I'm trying to you know, make things work in, in the the craziest way. So uh, getting your financial house in order is huge, and I think that's where Chip's, the, val- the, the, the most value in terms of this conversation with Chip uh, really comes in. This is going to be awesome, guys. So uh, be sure to uh, bookmark chipsmoneytips.com, get out a pen and paper, be ready to take some notes on how to really level up your finances in some fun and easy ways, and enjoy this. We'll catch you on the other side. educated yourself on personal finance and, and there's a lot of great tips on your website uh chipsmoneytips.com uh what started you on that path i mean i know you were meticulous about tracking things but what started you on the sort of like oh i can i can really game the system when it comes to airline miles <laughs> and things like that yeah part of it was uh when my when my dad, 2006-ish, my mom was dying and my dad was, you know, dealing with that and depressed. And then he was in charge of his own finances. But at that point, I came home and I looked at his finances and he wasn't – he'd missed a couple payments on his credit card. And then it, it went – when you do that three times as part of the agreement, they can boost your interest rate to like 22-point. Five percent is what happened. I think that was, or twenty-eight point five. I mean, it was astronomical, and so I called the credit card company up and said, "Hey, look, in my you know the family situation, can you waive that?" And they said, "No, we can't." And I was like, "Okay, now we're at war." <laughs> but uh, I was like, "Well, now I'm going to look into this further," and I started paying much more attention to credit cards. And then I was like, oh, these offers are fantastic. And and why not we take advantage of these? And oh, one thing I liked to do is I had, uh, there was a time when you could get 6% interest on cash. And at the same time, credit cards were giving you money, literally saying, we'll dump this money in your bank account if you want. And it's 0% for a year. I'm like, okay, I can be disciplined with this. I can't be disciplined with uh, cookies, but I can be disciplined with money. So I'm just going to take this $30,000 that this credit card gave me at 0%, and I'm going to go put it at Countrywide Bank and get 6%. And I made – therefore, I made $1,800. So that's – that kind of thing just intrigued me, and I started digging and looking at other things and – uh you know, like the year came up and I had to pay back the credit card company or start paying interest. And I just took the $30,000 out of the bank and dropped it into the credit card company account. And then I was like, done. Thank you for letting me borrow that money for free. 
little arbitrage. Um, wow. So then I just started looking, looking at other things and, and discussing ideas with another like-minded buddy of mine. And I was like, should I do a, should I do a late, late night infomercial on this? And he's like, no, you gotta do a website like the kids do a blog. Like the kids. Yeah. So I was like, all right. So that's how chips, money tips started. And money giving What do I say? I give uh, money tips and a candy coated shell. Because most people are stupid with their money, not you, other people. Right. <laughs> of course, of course, not us. Yeah, no, no, never you guys. Well, there, there's there's such a variety of tips on here too. I mean, like I said in the intro, I mean everything from like you know property taxes to credit card, you know mileage fees to things like. So there's there's lots that you do, and I'm looking specifically at this top post as of this recording, uh, where you you basically gamed the system and was able to secure three hundred dollars cash in thirty eight minutes by leveraging this this chase. This chase offer. Can you, as an example, maybe go run down exactly what happened here? Sure. Uh, it used to be I, I literally the, my fingernail clippers are from Fifth Third Bank, and I got those when I was in sixth grade, and I still have them. And I'm like, I'm not getting rid of this until it breaks, but it still works, and it's 40 years old. And that's what they used to give you if you open up a bank account. They'd say, Here, here's a toaster, or here's some fingernail clippers, or here's a pen. But now banks are actually giving you hundreds of dollars. And this is – Chase does this. I, I don't get a commission from this, so you can go look it up at chase.com or come to chipsmoneytips.com, and you can see it's the uh, one of the posts on there. You can always search the site, my site, for Chase. Anyway, what they're doing right now is they can give you $300 if you open up a business checking account. And so – and what I did is I walked in, and I said, yeah, I'd like to open a business checking account. I'm an actor. Oh, okay. And that's another thing. You don't have to have an LLC or an S-Corp or some legal entity to open up a business account. So even if you're a dog walker and people pay you, this is a business. And you, you collect the money under your name, and that's called being a sole proprietor. So you walk into the bank and say, I want to open up a checking account for my business. It's, it's under my name. I walk dogs. I'm an actor, and it's just under my name. It's not a fancy name. It doesn't have a DBA. It, that's a doing business as name. It's just my name. And they say, okay, great. And uh, I think for this specific offer, I had to have $1,000 to open the account. And then it would be free if I had $1,500 in there every day as an average balance. And by having it $1,500 in there, I would avoid paying a $12 per month fee. So... I was like, well, I'm going to just walk in there with that money. And uh, I had the only th catch that I had to do is I had to make five debit card transactions. So I walk into Chase. I say, here, here's uh, $1,550 I think I gave him. I said, great. Here, here's your paperwork. Sign here, dot that. Your debit card's going to come in the mail in a week. I said, thank you. I left the bank. Uh, my debit card showed up in a week. I activated it, and then I went on to Amazon.com and reloaded my Amazon balance with $1, $2, $3, $4, and $5. Boom. I used my debit card to do that. <laughs> Those were my five transactions. I didn't actually have to spend any money. I just loaded up at Amazon where I'm going to use it anyway. And uh, – <laughs> done. Now I'm done. And all I have to do is leave it in there, I think, three months or two months, something like that. And then they're going to give me 300 bucks. Wow. That's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. it's uh, There are things I got that you I didn't uh, – I just like this. This was the simplest offer. But there are 
you can Google uh, banks giving money to open up accounts, and you'll see a list. Somebody's done a post on it, not my website probably, but others. I mean, I just did the one on Chase. But this happens from time to time. Yeah. Now, do you, do you have to keep uh, – how long do you have to keep this account? Do, could you get rid of it if you wanted to after you get the uh, the bonus? They even say you ha- you can't have closed this – you can't have this account right now or have had it in the last 90 days. So you could open this account, collect your $300, and then close it. Uh, and then you could do it again next year because it's, it's by calendar year. You're only allowed to have it once a year. So if you're reading the fine print, that's what it says. So you could, yes, you could you could open this account, meet the requirements, get your bonus, and then shut it down, and then wait till next year and do it again. Now, Chase may decide that's not a very nice thing, and they may say, "Why do you keep doing this, sir?" <laughs> do you think they would? Do you think they would notice and, and try and shut it down if you? I don't know because it's such a uh, it's just a well-oiled machine, and it's a huge machine. So I don't know that they're looking for little things like that. But if you try to apply sooner than you're allowed to, I'm sure they would stop that. So to somebody listening who maybe doesn't have a ton of cash on hand, and but they want to get started with just sort of gaming the system. I mean, I think we all have felt victimized by the evil credit card companies at one point or another in our lives. So if they're ready to sort of start sticking it to the man, but they don't have a lot of resources <laughs> in terms of time or, or capital to you know start taking advantage of this, what would, what would you recommend be the first place they look or, or start with? One thing that uh, I like is – well, first of all, i got to say this. Credit card companies, you know, we all enter into agreements with these people, and it's really on us if we're not aware of what we're signing or we don't care to be aware of it. So, you know, like I, I had – I didn't like how they were – they didn't really help me out and my dad when my dad was going through a tough time. So I didn't like that. So I get it why people are mad at credit card companies as I was at the time. So that said, I think we make deals and we enter into these agreements, and if they don't work out, they don't work out. But uh, that said, your question about how to game the system. Um, (laughs) My first thing would be this. Um, There are credit cards out there that never charge you an annual fee. And they have smaller bonuses, but they never charge you an annual fee. And if you're just looking to get started – one of the cards I would suggest uh, is the Wells Fargo Visa card. The Wells Fargo cards, which are available at chipsmoneytips.com, no less. And I get a commission, so I'm telling you that up front. I get a commission if you go to my website and click on one of my links and apply for a credit card uh, and get approved. Then they give me a commission. You, it's the same deal for you, but I get a little taste, a little something-something from the man. Um, so – I'm just, I'm just letting you know that. So, and I appreciate it if you use my links, but you don't have to. Um, the one thing I like about this Wells Fargo credit card is that it gives you free cell phone insurance as long as you use that card to pay your cell phone bill, which I don't know if you pay for cell phone insurance, but uh, – I don't anymore because I have this credit card, and this is the only thing I use this, this credit card for. It, every month, my cell phone bill is automatically charged to this credit card, and every month, I automatically pay off this card in full. And another bonus about this card is that they have an introductory bonus of 200 bucks, and you get $200 after you spend $1,000 on the card in the first three months you have it. 
So that's a pretty sweet deal. And people say a thousand bucks, that's a lot of money. But if you look at your look at how you spend your money, I use a credit card for everything I possibly can. And then I pay the card off in full with the cash that I otherwise would have used to buy those things. And as a result, you meet you can spend a thousand bucks a month in a heartbeat. Or a thousand dollars in three months is only three hundred and thirty three dollars a month. And you think about it, you can you can pay for your internet, your cell phone, your TV, your groceries, your car insurance, everything, your health insurance. You could easily meet those minimums. So I like that card because it gives you cell phone coverage, which a buddy of mine, two buddies of mine have actually used, and I asked them to give me some information about it, and I included that in one of my posts at Chips Money Tips. And uh, it's legit. You're only on the hook for $25 deductible if you have to use it for if your cell phone gets stolen or damaged. Okay. So it's a great little offer. Okay, cool. And then how, how do you, I'm curious, this is something I've wanted to learn more about for a long time, but I've shied away from it for several different reasons. But when it comes to airline miles and hotels and travel hacking, that whole, I mean, there are people who have built entire careers on educating people on how to travel hack effectively. Uh-huh. It, it sounds like this is something you're, you're well-versed in. Yeah, it's uh, I love it. I um, <laughs> it's a sickness. <laughs> hey, you know I, I love it. My family's in Philadelphia, and it costs an arm and a leg sometimes to fly back to see them. So I don't see them as often as I'd like. But if I could, you know, somehow game the system and get some miles to to see them more often, I'd love to do that. What would you recommend uh, somebody do for for this kind of thing? What airline is big in Philadelphia? Do you know? Does there a, is there a hub somewhere that flies oh. in and out? Uh, nothing that comes to mind. Uh, I mean, just all of the, the usual ones. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the general rule on credit cards. Credit cards allow for you, generally speaking, thirty thousand frequent flyer miles if you spend a thousand dollars on their card in the first few months. And then sometimes they'll have a promotion that's sixty thousand, so they've doubled it, or it's fifty thousand. So keep your eyes open for those ideas. Um, and I have a thing on my site. Uh, that's specifically labeled airline credit cards. So like if I pop over right now and I don't know when this will broadcast, broadcast, I mean drop. That's what the kids say. They say drop, right, Trevor? That's it. Gone at AJ, <laughs> why didn't you remind me? Okay. So right now I see one up there. City has City has the American Airlines credit card. And they have one there, fifty thousand American Airlines miles after making twenty five hundred dollars in purchases. And all these credit cards with airlines, they charge $95 a year, but the first year is waived. So you could get this card, meet the spending requirement, get your 50,000 American Airlines miles, and then if you want, you could cancel the card. People do this all the time. Uh, But that's just an idea. Also, if you fly a lot, you might want to keep the card because it also gives you free checked bags if you have their credit card. That's the – That's what most of the airline cards do, the American Airlines card, United, Deltas. If you have their credit card, your one checked bag is free, and then other checked bags on your reservation is free um, up to a certain number. Uh, Like right now, looking at this, American Airlines on this card says that they give up to four companions traveling with you on the same reservation also get a checked bag. A checked bag costs you 25 bucks away. So – that means you fly to Philly, 25 bucks, fly back to LA, another 25 bucks. Now you're into 50 bucks because you checked a bag. 
But if you had this credit card, you'd have saved that. So running out the math, if you do two round trips on an airline and have their credit card and you check a bag, you'll you'll make a, you'll save a hundred dollars in checked bag fees. So that's a reason to keep a card. Yeah. Now, but opening these cards, this does ding your credit score. I think, doesn't it? It dings them a few points. A few uh, general, generally speaking, people think it's five, six, seven points. Um, you don't want to open up a new card if you're you're about to get a you know get a mortgage on your home or any big loan. You know you don't want to do that just yet. Uh, but it, otherwise, a few points is not going to ding your score too bad. But it does do a little dinging, and then after a few months, those points come back. Because part of the FICO score calculation is uh, your available credit limit. Mm. So when you apply for a card, uh, applying for a card is called a hard uh, hard inquiry on your credit score. That's what dings the score. That's part of your your FICO score. And then, so you apply for the card. It dings your card. It dings your score a few points. But then over the next few months. You have this new credit line, and now you have a bigger amount of credit available to you. So hopefully your debt to available credit is now a lower percentage, and now your credit score comes back up to where it was. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I have about 30 credit cards. <laughs> yeah, I was – jeez. I was just going to say wow. how do you – you must have a it's spreadsheet. 25 to 30. Yeah. And you must have a spreadsheet of, of what rewards go with each card. Yeah. I, when I apply uh, – I have a spreadsheet. You were right. And I apply the data I applied, what the card was, did I get approved, and what's the spending requirement, and what is the bonus if I meet the spending requirement. Wow. Yes. Wow. And uh, so this, I can imagine this has really translated into not only saving you money, but also enabling a lot more freedom and flexibility in your career as, a, as an independent contractor in the entertainment industry. Uh, how do you mean? I mean, I would imagine that, you know, if you need to, you know, fly somewhere last minute for a callback or something like the story you told earlier, that would be a lot more feasible if you've got a bunch of, you know, miles you can toss at the, uh, at the Absolutely. Price. And, and something else along that same line and not to be, uh, but you know, uh, people die and you got to go to a funeral and that's expensive. My dad died in 2011 and, uh, the bereavement fair, you know, you always hear about a bereavement fair. Oh, the airlines have bereavement fairs. It's great. Well, the bereavement fair at the time was 10% off. And the ticket at the time was 1100 and something dollars. So I would still have to pay $1,000 if I didn't have points. So I just used frequent flyer mile points for the same flight that would have cost me $1,000. So one thing I, I, I suggest to people is to get a card on an airline where you think you might have to maybe fly someday to see, you know, your mom or dad dies or you got to fly back for some reason, build up some miles on that airline. And a great way to build them up is to get a credit card, build those points up, save them, you know, because someday if you have to use them, you're going to have to use them. And it's either that or cash. Um, but you're right. Should the uh, having, having miles is a great Great way. I haven't paid for a flight unless it's super cheap. I haven't paid for a flight in years. Chip, you you mentioned the the using Microsoft Word for the you know tracking of your auditions, and now it sounds like you're using a spreadsheet for these uh, bonus credit cards and or credit cards in general. Do you have anything specific that you use to track your personal finances in general? Yes. Um, what what system do you use for that? I use Quicken. 
equipment mm. software. Um, it's something I got into like 11 years ago, and I love I love it when it works great. When it works great, it's fantastic. Uh, sometimes it gets buggy, and you're like, Ugh, because the, what I love about Quicken is that it, with one click of the button, it can go out to all of my bank accounts and all of my credit card accounts and my mortgages and my investment accounts, and it drags in every new transaction that's happened since the last time I clicked on that button. So that I I love because, uh, like I said, I have about 30 credit cards, and I use two of them. So these other 20-something cards, they're just sitting around. And so Quicken goes out and drags in any new transaction. So if somebody stole my card and started charging it, I would know about it. And, you mm. know, it's some card that I – I don't use these cards at all. Once a year, I take them on a field trip because if you have a credit card and it, and it goes uh, dormant, they'll close it. And so to avoid it going dormant, I spend it, spend on it uh, every January. That's one of my New Year's to-do list things. I, <laughs> I take my cards to the gas station, and I charge a couple bucks on each one, and then I go back home. And I, so I fill my tank slowly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, awesome. So you, you, don't actually, you don't actually close them uh, like Correct. you were suggesting you could do before you keep all these 25 to 30 cards open at all times? Here's what I suggest people do. As a last resort, close the card. But what you do, like let's say you get one of these airline cards and you're just doing it because you don't fly that much, but you don't you want to bank some miles in case you have an emergency or you're thinking about going on a trip and you want to bank these miles. So you get the card. You meet the spending requirement. All of a sudden, you see, oh, look. Look in my Quicken here. It says they just hit me with the annual fee of 95 bucks. Well, I don't want to keep the card. So then you call up the number on the back of the card and say, hey – I'm not using the card. I, I, can you waive the annual fee? They will say no, most likely. And then you'll say, okay, can you downgrade this to a free version of this card? And they'll say, well, you're going to lose out on all the benefits of this card. And then you say, I understand. And uh, so they'll downgrade you. I know City and uh, Uni or American Airlines and United and uh, Delta have free versions of these cards Normally, when you spend on the card that you pay an annual fee for, they give you one frequent flyer mile per each dollar you spend. But if you downgrade to the free version, they will give you only one frequent flyer mile for every $2 you spend. And you lose out on the baggage, free checked baggage. Um, so I say downgrade the card to the free version, which they normally usually have. And uh, that's why I have 30 credit cards because so many of them are – downgraded cards that would otherwise have an annual fee. Hmm. And you're just taking advantage of the fact that you've got this, you know, <clears throat> I'm, I'm just doing quick math in my head. If, if all you had was 2000, like a $2,000 line of credit on each one of those cards is $50,000 worth of credit. But I'm mm -hmm. sure, you know, I'm, I, that's, that's a, that's a very modest estimate. So I'm sure it's way above that. So you've got yeah. all this, uh, this open credit against your debt and it's probably making your credit score look awesome yeah it's exactly um i have i don't is it bragging if i tell you exactly how much i have in credit? <laughs> i have hundreds of thousands of dollars of credit line which again if this were cookies i wouldn't be able to have this because you know some people are spendaholics and they can't handle having this credit card in their pocket it just doesn't i'm not tempted by it but uh yeah so i have all this uh all this line of credit that i don't use 
Right. Well, yeah, it requires frugality. Sure. And it requires you, uh, like you were saying, paying cash, you know, paying them all off. You, you don't you don't really have a lot of of debt. You have a lot of credit, but not a lot of debt. And which Correct. you're right. There's there are people who, you know, can't uh, can't really manage that super well. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in all of this myself because Trevor and I were just discussing um, in a, a couple episodes ago. I have a goal this year, 2018, to pay off all of my credit card debt. Great. And so uh, it's been really interesting watching myself sort of con- um, convert to cash. <laughs> Is that the right word? Yeah. I've just been using you know cash so that I can see what my actual spending looks like, and then putting any leftovers onto you know the credit cards, and I'm you know chipping away slowly. But oh, sorry about the pun. <laughs> I did not mean to do that. Um, chiseling away at sure. the uh, at the at the at the actual debt um so i'm i'm eating this up like this is this is great and trevor and i both have been fascinated especially trevor uh in in sort of personal finance and everything for a long time so i'm like you oh, know great. eating this up i think that what you're doing is smart because I, I would suggest to anyone uh when they start when they're at the point where they're thinking about getting a credit card or debit card to go Use cash for a year because then you see it and it's a pain in the butt. But you you know you, you get your check from your work and you deposit it and you pull out cash and you put it in your wallet and then you go buy stuff with cash and you really get a feeling for what things cost and what what you're spending on because when you start just swiping a card you have no idea. You look at the for a second you you sign the card and it's like oh my gosh I spent seventy dollars on dinner oh well but when you're pulling money out of your wallet then you feel it and you have a great understanding of it much better understanding than using yeah. a card there's a there's a disconnect with that mag strip yeah. with that piece of plastic yeah yeah now also yeah. people in your situation I don't know how much debt you have but have you looked into getting a zero percent balance transfer credit card yes yes uh-huh. I have and I've I've done that and I've got uh, a nice chunk of it that's just uh, sitting there not accruing uh, interest and I'm currently paying off the interest uh, the card that is uh, incurring interest first I see yeah and you can I don't know if uh, your specifics but you I have a buddy who just said geez I which card should I get? And then he realized, well, I can actually get two cards. So he had got two 0% balance transfer credit cards mm. to pay off a big chunk of his. So he wasn't paying any debt. Yeah. Any debt. Well, I know, I know the credit, I know it's working. The process is working. Good. Um, because I just got two credit line increases on the interest bearing card. Oh, really? In like not back to back months. It was like two or three months apart, but I was like, wow, that's, that's never happened with that frequency uh-huh. for it to happen back to back like that. Um, so I know that, you know, at least someone thinks that my credit's good. Good. <laughs> um, and so I know it's working. So there's a chance that I might do it again, the, the zero interest balance yeah. transfer cards uh, toward the end of the year. And uh, again, I have that at chipsmoneytips.com, everybody. If you, if you want to get a card like that over there at the website, a little <laughs> plug for Chips Money Tips. Uh, the, uh, another thing I mentioned, we were talking about, meeting a spending requirement to get airline miles. And sometimes it's like, well, that's a ton of money. I don't want to spend money. I don't have to spend money on, you know. So uh, I also have a on my website on the right-hand side, I have 11 different ways to meet a spending requirement. And a, just a couple of them, uh, prepaying a bill. You can uh, – I, I prepay my LADWP bill. I overpay it. I don't just prepay it. I overpay it. So if I have to meet a spending requirement – I'll prepay that and just dump it there and just meet the spending requirement that way. 
Uh, you can also add more money to your Amazon account, which I mentioned. And another thing which you may not be thinking about is you can get a um, – sorry, someone just tried to contact me. Very interrupted my interview here. Um, you can go to Vons or a grocery store, any grocery store or CVS, and you can buy a gift card. They have Visa gift cards there. So if you're getting close to meeting a spending requirement on one of these credit cards, you're like – I, I got to spend 500 bucks by tomorrow and I don't have 500 bucks to spend on. Um, I don't want to just go buy something. Uh, you can go to a credit card or you can go buy a gift card, a Visa gift card at your grocery store or CVS. And you can tell them, juice it up to the max, which is 500 bucks. They charge you about five bucks to get that card and to fill it up. But then you use your credit card to buy that Visa gift card and then you take that Visa gift card and just put it in your drawer to use later. So this way you meet your spending requirement on your credit card by buying a Visa gift card. Mm, brilliant. That's just an idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, so good. Ch Chip, uh, with all of this, this is great, but I'm wondering who this kind of thing, before people go out and like open up a bunch of credit cards and like capitalize on the bonuses, who is this not for? Who would you staunchly recommend somebody not do this to? If you can't handle credit, if you're just going to spend and be, go in debt, don't do it. If, you, if you're going to not pay off your card in full, I mean, I've gotten in trouble that way early in my life where I went into debt. And if you can't pay, if you can't pay off your debt, if you, you just, just be honest with yourself. If you're not going to be someone who can be responsible with the card, just don't get it because it's just going to hurt you later, you know? Um, yeah, and some of these cards uh, offer cash. Like they offer points that can be converted into cash. Um, uh, one of my favorites is the Chase uh, Sapphire card. It, I think the offer right now is 50,000 Chase Ultimate Rewards points if you meet the spending requirement. And that's every point's worth a penny. So you can actually convert that into $500 cash. Uh, they also have a business card that has a bonus of 80,000 points, which is $800 cash. Uh, so some, but if you're so, – I'm sorry. I'm getting off track. <laughs> no, it's, it's great. I mean there's so much out there that people can take advantage of. But it sounds like this is really for people who have a, a, a sort of inborn attention to detail or at least a knack for organization. Yeah, like if you're one of those people that's just like, eh, whatever, you know, it'll get taken care of. The universe has got my back. Maybe maybe this isn't your thing. Uh, yeah, I, you just have to really be honest with yourself. Like I, I can't keep cookies in the house. I keep coming back to this. You know, I just know if I do, I, I will hear them call me from the other room. I just can't do it. So I just don't. <laughs> um, so if, if, if credit is your cookies – yeah. Stay away. There it is. Put that on your t-shirt. If credit is your cookies. Yeah. If credit is your cookies, stay that. away. Is there is there a, a book or a resource you might recommend aside from chipsmoneytips.com uh, that people could maybe check out to sort of begin to educate themselves on this stuff? Do, do you have anything you would recommend? I should have written one by now, shouldn't I? You're, wor um, you're working on one, right? I am. Yeah. But I should have had it written by now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I huh. I mean, was there anything that that informed you early on or did you just sort of figure this all out on your own? Uh I got a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad, which was a pretty good book. It's pretty well known. Um just talked about how uh this one the author 
Robert Kiyosaki, I think his name is. He uh, he had he said he had two dads. He had his own dad, and then he had his next door neighbor's dad. And the next door neighbor was the rich dad, and his dad was the poor dad because his dad was wasn't a saver and didn't invest. But the neighbor, he was a saver and he invested. He he was basically the millionaire next door. So that was an interesting read. Um, that helped me a lot. I got into some real estate um, investing, which I don't know we can do out in Los Angeles anymore. It seems to not make any sense anymore. But uh, anyway, yeah, <laughs> that would be rich dad, poor dad is a, a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. When I read that book, uh, probably 10 years ago, it was a, it was a game changer for me to start seeing everything in my life as either a liability or an investment. Just that small ideological shift really, really changed things. The way I saw everything in my, the way I spent my money, I was like, am I losing money here or am I investing in my future somehow? Yeah. That, that was a, it was a big takeaway for me for that book. Okay. Awesome. Uh, we're, we're, we're tight on time, but we have two questions we like to ask all our guests before we wrap up. And these always get really interesting answers. So I'm excited to hear yours. The first question is, did this career path, uh, and I guess this would be everything that you do, uh, including the stand-up, the acting, uh, the real estate investment, even the personal finance blog, uh, did this choose you or did you choose it? It chose me. Wow. No hesitation. Yeah, it wasn't uh it wasn't something I chose. <laughs> yeah. That's uh ever since I was a kid this was my thing. So, yeah, that was an easy path. It wasn't and that's when people say say to me they say, "Should I be an actor? Can I should I I say no." Because if if me saying no is going to stop you, then you really didn't don't have what it takes to to gut it out because it's not an easy business. And I, and I don't try to be um I'm not trying to be mean or lacking lack of lacking uh, encouragement for these people, but it's it's a tough business. So, yeah. Hmm. Thankfully, I've been fortunate. <laughs> yeah. It's it sounds like you've you've enjoyed a wonderful career, and it's really cool to see under the hood a little bit as to the 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 tactics that you engage in financially to keep to keep things kind of rolling along as well it's it's fun to get a hint or a whiff of, of how that works that's why we loved talking to katie so much because she was like no this is what i do it may seem super you know anal retentive to some people but hey this is what it takes to have a, a longevity in this in this industry and you know, i think it gives you a, a sense of control in a business in which we don't have a tremendous amount of control. If you're like, well, I know I went on this audition and I'm I'm hitting good on these percentages or why why haven't I had a callback in 10 auditions? What am I just blowing these off? I got to focus what's going on. It just kind of helps me have some control in something that I don't have a tremendous amount of control in <laughs> unless I'm writing something for myself or putting up a show, then it's then I have some control, but yeah. yeah, and that, that 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 can't be understated. That sense of control, that emotional aspect of the journey, is is a massive, uh, massive thing to take into consideration. And I it's love tough that when you're old and you're. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say I love that parallel that you're drawing because we do often on the show talk about DIY and how that's a great way to take control over one's career. But, you know, uh, this is a great follow up to Katie's interview too. It, the financial side, the, the, the tracking side, the, the running a business side of acting is another great way to take yeah. to, to, to feel a sense of control over something that we don't have a lot of control over. Yeah. And it is a business. I used to get a lot of grief for my, for doing stand up and promoting myself as hard as I did. And looking back, it really helped. 
and I did some of that in acting. It's trailed off lately, the promotion side of it. But uh, especially when you're starting out, you gotta you gotta put yourself out there, let people know you're here. Yeah, and that that's an art form in itself, right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last question before we let you go: uh, If you could, and you may have answered this, but if you could take all of your experience in this industry and in this life, really, on the life that you've lived. If you could take all that experience and condense it down into one nugget of advice to pass on to somebody else walking this path, what would that one nugget of advice be? I have a side job. <laughs> it's, it's as silly as I have a – I'm uh, old now. I'm 53. I don't think I'm old, but that's old. And I know a lot of people who are broke, and I, I, see, that, I see that wear on them. And I, uh, and I hate to just obsess about money, but uh, it's uh, it's necessary. And I, I have another friend who was in his 60s, and he said he was flat broke, and I kind of helped him steer his ship around. And he uh, – uh, just the idea of being flat old and broke has always been something that I just didn't want to have happen to me. And so I make decisions that let me have more money. And f- when you have money, you have freedom. You know, if with with if you're in debt to somebody, that's no good. Money's freedom, <laughs> so try to try to have money. <laughs> Is it? That's so. Un, it's not very uh, a glamorous answer. Just. Uh, huh. Well, I, I feel like what's inherent in that, too, is that like having money so often, and I think this is really sort of um, one of the key tenets of your blog, is you just got to learn to spend less than you earn. You know, so many of us are just used to appearances, especially in this town. It's like, a, it doesn't matter. It's an investment in my career if I buy this $200 jacket or I, I show up and I look successful and that's important. And there's something to be said for that. But are people really, do people really care that much? I, I have yeah, to ask I, myself that a lot. <laughs> So I, I did a workshop with uh, Kevin e. West's uh, Actors Workshop, whatever, I forget the name of the group. Actors Network? Yeah, this is a few years ago, and some yeah. guy, kid raised his hand. He's like, yeah, I mean, I have a nice car. I mean, shouldn't I have a nice car if I'm pulling up in front of a thing and give the car to them? I'm like, dude, just park the car a block away and walk. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? If, if they meet you, especially in today's day and age, they can go on IMDB and see what you've done. They're not going to fool anyone. They're not going to hire you to act because you have a sweet looking ride. You know? Oh, man. You're in that $500 jacket that you had to have. I'm like, all right. I hope no actor ever thinks that, that they're going to book something because of the car, car that yeah. they're driving. Dear God. I was just looking at him like, are you nuts? Are you out of your mind? But, you know, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm over here just doing my thing. You do your thing. <laughs> the, the, other, the other thing I want to add to the financial freedom aspect, and um, I think uh, I think our friend Ben Whitehair actually talked about this in a in a in a short uh, you know article that he wrote for Backstage uh, way back in the day. Um, part of it's about sticking around yeah. in whatever market you're in, even if you're in a regional market. Everything you know, obviously, it might be less expensive to live there, but if you're in Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, um, and even some of these other regional markets that are coming into their own. You, you you have to have money just to stick around, yeah. You know, just to be here. So if it's it, it not only means freedom, it means the ability to continue to do what you say you want to do, what you love doing. It's part of running the business of, of being an actor. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, that I, I just 
you know, it's not just about <clears throat> getting uh, to buy the things that you want. And, and, and like you said, chip, not being broke at 60, yeah. but, uh, but also about being able to, to, to be sustainable. That's the word I was looking for. There you go. Yeah. 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 Amen. <laughs> Chip, this has been really, really great. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us about all these different things uh, today. This has been, this has been awesome. If people want to connect with you online or find out more about you, where would you recommend they go? Uh, they can go to chipsmoneytips.com and there's, I have a contact button on there. I'm also uh com If you want to see all my high level show business clips and such, um, and both, both have emails there. And I'm also at Chip Chinnery on Twitter. And uh, yeah, contact me, email me. And if you have questions on financial stuff, I'm happy to answer you and point you to directions if I have an answer. That's, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to digging through your blog some more. There's some really great stuff on here. And I'm, I'm curious, before we truly let you go, because I keep saying that, uh, your book that you're working on, what is, what's it about? Uh, it's called How to Not Be Broke. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I was going to have it be how to not be a starving actor, but I thought, why not just write it and have a bigger audience, you know? And so, but uh, it's just things I've learned and that's just, that's, that's what it's going to be. And people can take my advice or not, but these are things that worked for me and they continue to work for me. And if, if people, cause you, you know, it's a manual basically. And, uh, here's what I did and you can take it or leave it and, that's what I did. <laughs> and then people can say, oh, well, maybe I'll try that. Didn't even think about that, you know. Hmm. Rock yeah. on. Okay. So we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that. And uh, you'll, you'll be able to share that in your newsletter when that's available? Absolutely. Okay. And, yeah, the Chips Money Tips newsletter is free. So if people want to sign up for the email newsletter, they can do that. And uh, I don't pester them very awesome. much. So. <laughs> there it is. So everybody head over to ChipsMoneyTips.com and, and sign up. And there's some really good stuff there. And uh, your future self will thank you. Uh, Chip, thank you again. This has been fantastic. Thanks, guys. It was fun. Hey, folks. Welcome back from Chip's Part 2. Thank you so much, Chip. We had a great time talking to him. Lots of laughs, as you probably heard. Um, I learned a lot. I have been digging his website um, have kind of poked around in there and, and discovered a, a few things. And uh, I'm really excited to, you know, I've been excited about what's going to be possible when I complete my goal uh, that I mentioned in the um, in the interview. So um, a lot of the stuff that he talks about is stuff that I have been looking forward to as part of being, you know, credit card debt free. So um, any uh, any big takeaways you want to uh, mention, Trev, before we move into the picks of the week? Uh, takeaways, not necessarily. Um, it was just good to get, hear some of the nuts and bolts of how he makes this stuff happen. And sometimes I, I hear stories about like, oh, you can get, you know, your $300 sign up bonus if you go and do these, you know, you fulfill these requirements. And I've always just sort of been like, oh, that's too much work. But just to see him outline exactly how he did it, you know, okay, go buy a store gift card, uh, you know, do a one, two, three, four and $5 transaction on, on your, on your credit card to fulfill that requirement or, or then go back into the bank and have a five minute conversation to close the account. And then whatever he was talking about, I was just like, wow, I, if somebody said, Hey, for 38 minutes of your time, I'll give you $500. Absolutely, I would do it. It just looks, huh. it looks different than I think most of us who are in the employed workforce tend to think of work as looking. 
so um so yeah that was that was huge for me i was i was loving this interview and i'm also on a a credit card debt-free journey so um i'm with you on sort of the the timeline of things but uh it's it's all it's all tools for the toolbox man i'm looking forward to being financially independent uh sooner rather than later all right brother we're in it together Um, what is your pick of the week, bud? So I changed this, uh, during our conversation because I thought it was very fitting. I just finished reading this book yesterday. It's called why Buddhism is true by a guy named Robert Wright. And it's, uh, it's a head trip, man. I have to admit this was a difficult read for me. I had to go back and reread a lot of the paragraphs, not because it's written in any sort of dense way, but because some of the ideas are so like intangible, like they're sort of hard to wrap your head around. You're not talking mm. about physical objects. You're talking about mindsets and, and sort of these very general ideas that have been interpreted many different ways. But that said, this book uh, attempts to marry Buddhism in the general sense, because there are different, a few different sort of uh, strains of Buddhism, but Buddhism in the general sense, the spiritual practice of Buddhism and the philosophical worldview with what is being discovered in the psychology, neurology world and how Buddhism really kind of got it right thousands and thousands of years ago, because everything we're discovering about how the brain works uh, is right in line with what the Buddhists sort of intuited back in the day. So it's a really uh, fascinating journey. And I will say this, man, I really want to go on a meditation retreat now after reading mm. this book. It's, it's a, it's a dense book because of the reasons I just mentioned, but it's so well worth the read. If you are at all interested in, uh, the, uh, journey of awareness, uh, and mindfulness, it's, it's a, it's a fascinating read. So check it out. Why Buddhism is true by Robert Wright. Dude, you got to talk to, um, to Jasmine cause she, you know, She's connected to that world now because she did one of those 10-day silent meditation retreats. I, I really would love to talk to her about that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, and your pick of the week. Sweet. Um, so my pick of the week doesn't need anyone's help. Um, I mean, it broke uh, the box office record for opening weekend. But I just want to talk about the scope of Infinity War, uh, the Avengers Infinity War. This is the 19th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or the MCU. And – I just feel like this is never going to happen again. Just with the way that like entertainment, the entertainment industry is changing and the studio system and everything, they they knew what they were doing from the get-go and they contracted out these like A-list actors enticing them in with like, you know, you're going to have your own franchise but also we're going to weave these stories together and everything and they've all led to this point. Um, these next couple movies, um, you know, Infinity War, um, Part One and Two, and, and and then it's that's it. Like it's gonna be, it's it's gonna it's gonna end this sort of version of the the Marvel uh, cinematic universe. And of course, there will be superhero movies forever. Um, but but this sort of iteration of it. So so you know, if you think about Avengers: Infinity War as Iron Man nineteen, you know. <laughs> The sequel, the 19th sequel of Iron Man, it it is an incredible feat. The scale of it is just unbelievable and one that I do not think we will see again. So I guess what I would say is if if you if you don't hate superhero movies just outright and you they don't interest you whatsoever, I, I would I would give and you haven't, uh, you know, been giving these a, a chance or, or, or seeing them. 
I would go back and watch, you know, as many of the bigger ones as you possibly can. And then, and then go see this one because the scale of it is just unbelievable. And the, and everything from the star power to the, um, uh, emotional payoff to like how they, they wove it all together to get to this point. Again, I don't think we'll ever see it again. It, it's sort of like, you know, if you think of, um, a, a season of a television show, a longer season of a television show has like 22 episodes, you know, typically the longer ones. Um, and I think at the end there's going to be about 22 films. And so they're just basically like two and a half hour episodes of this epic, epic superhero saga uh, that takes place in the Marvel universe. So, um, yeah, I, I don't really know. I, I don't really know that there's much more, um, to say about it, but I just, I, this, there's something about the, it feels like we're witnessing, witnessing history it is, is what I, yeah, that's, that's the last thing. Cause I don't, I just don't think it's going to happen again. I really don't. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. I've never heard you speak about a movie that way. Hmm. Uh, I haven't actually heard anybody say anything uh, to that to that effect uh, about about anything, especially superhero movies. So I'll have to. Have I don't to think sure it's been done. Them. I mean, yeah. there, I don't think there's another example of it in history, and I don't think it will ever happen again. Really, um, it's 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 something very unique and very special. Um, and uh, and of course, they're making you know bucket loads of money. But I don't know um, if if you can. Um, you know, focus on like the characters and, and again, how their stories all weave together. It's, um, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Worth seeing in the theater. They all, yeah. I mean, I, I would say that they all have been, I have had the, um, you know, unfortunate experience of seeing a few of them on a plane <laughs> and, 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 and one or two on my phone. So, you know, it is what it is. But again, if you're, if you're, um, if you're interested in, in the storyline, it kind of doesn't matter, you know, where you watch it. But, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, uh, yeah, I'd say this one you probably want to see in a theater. Okay. (laughs) Pretty epic. All right. Right on. Cool. All right, guys. Well, that is Why Buddhism is True by Robert Wright and Avengers Infinity War. See it in the theater. I think that does it for episode 311. Anything you wanted to add before we wrap up? No, please. Otherwise, we'll just start singing. (laughs) Today's episode of Inside Acting was produced and hosted by yours truly, A.J. Meyer, and of course, uh, his truly, Trevor (laughs) Algett. What is yours truly? I don't know. Anyway, with production help from, of course, uh, hers truly, Jen Levin. There it is. Visit us online at insideacting.net. You can sign up for our email dispatch, listen to all of our episodes, and find us on social media as well. We're pretty much uh, everywhere you can see a social media account, except for Snapchat. We never did that. Uh, And you can also find our podcast feed uh, basically everywhere you get your podcasts. Not, and not only has the podcast not done Snapchat, but neither have I or you. I don't think you have a Snapchat, right? Uh, I don't. If I do, I don't remember making it. <laughs> we all still have a MySpace out there somewhere. We all still have <laughs> yeah, a, a Friendster profile out there somewhere. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, you can uh, directly support Inside Acting with either a one-time financial contribution or an ongoing monthly contribution. Just visit InsideActing.net to learn more about that. And that does it for episode 311. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Until then, come original. Come original.